Hi, this is Cindy Godwin, pastor of Summit Church, and this is our chosen podcast. I want to thank you for joining us today. I hope this inspires you. I hope that it helps build up your faith and remind you that God has chosen you and set you apart for His purpose. Enjoy the message. I only have one goal today, and that's to bring you to Jesus. That's my only goal. And uh, I really thought, you know, I had something else planned, so what else is new? Excuse me. And um, I very clearly heard the Lord the other day say, no, I want you to concentrate on my people being healed. And I thought it was a one-time thing, drive-by, you know, because we're in a drive-by generation, right? And uh, I drove into the parking lot, and he said, no, you're going to continue. I'm not going to finish today. I don't know when I'm going to finish. Maybe I'll be finished when everybody's well. But I will tell you this, and hear me loud and clear. If you're not convinced, you can't have confidence. If you're not convinced that to be well and whole is the will of God, you can't have confidence to go before him and receive it. If you have more convincing, if you're more convinced of the report of the doctor than you are of the report of the Lord, you will go toward what you are convinced of. It's just a fact. You're going to follow where your affections take you. So I'm here to take you to Jesus. I don't want to bother with announcements at the end. I'm just going to, I do have to say a couple of things. I'm not going to do it again. Brunch, we're we're pretty full, but we'll take some more. So get your reservation if you want to come. Valentine brunch, February 13th. I need to say this and I don't want to, but if we have crazy weather on February 12th or 13th, And that means that the schools are shut down. Don't be texting me at 6 in the morning. (laughs) If the schools are shut down, we don't have a choice. We're shut down. Okay? Because that means the roads are dangerous, and I don't want anybody in danger. So if that were to happen, and I don't believe it will, I want to say that. And the second thing I have to say is that we are in great need of child care workers. So if you or anyone you know is willing to give up some hours, especially the day of brunch, then you can see Amber Mertens. She is our children's pastor. You can just go to the office and leave a message or whatever and let her know. It, it, there is a small pay. I don't know how much it is. It's certainly not going to pay off your house. All right, I'm done. The other day, I had the honor of accompanying a friend to a, an appointment with the doctor. It was regarding knees that needed help. And so we, um, I went with her to an orthopedic surgeon. And she was fully expecting to schedule surgery. And I don't know how many of you have ever had surgery. You've ever had surgery? Let me see your hand. And is it a little bit interruptive? Mm-hmm. Does it take some time? Does it interfere with your plans? Does it cost money? Yes. Even if you have insurance. Told you last week or week 
almost two weeks ago. I was rear-ended, and I have to go afterward and get a rent car. It's, it's a lot of trouble. And uh, at first, because we didn't know if insurance was involved, they told me I was going to have to pay my deductible, and I threw a fit. Total fit. I said, I am not paying for something I did not cause. And guess what? They waived it because I know my rights. And so this doctor comes in, great guy, and uh, looks at her and he goes, why do you want to have surgery? Well, I don't. Well, you, you don't have to right now. That's up to you. And just anyway, gave a very good report. And I saw the face of this dear woman go from somewhat some anxiety to complete joy. It was such a beautiful sight for me. It just made my heart leap with joy. Because see, a good report nourishes your bones. And then she said, well, can, can I continue my exercise regimen? And I'll never forget this. He said, yes. Now listen to me. Because motion is lotion. Motion is lotion. Now, if you know me at all, I did not take that physically, although it is physical. I immediately saw into the realm of the spirit. Because in the realm of the spirit, motion is lotion. And the more forward we are going into the things of God, into the word of God, into the mind of Christ, into the will of God, the more we move forward into that and we reach for the higher things and we set our mind on things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God and we declare your will be done on earth as it is in heaven and in heaven there's no disease. There's no sickness. There's no sorrow. And the more we make a motion toward the things of God, it is spiritual lotion to grease our joints. And oh, well, there's no such thing as spiritual joints. Well, you better read Hebrews 12. Yes, there is. You better read Hebrews 4. Verse 12, the word of God is living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword and divides asunder soul, spirit, joints, marrow, and discerns the thoughts and intentions of the heart. Do you think that means your literal joints? No, we have spiritual joints. Well, I'm still not convinced. Well, then what about if we each practice our gifts? And I don't have the reference in front of me. I could look it up, but I don't have time. That we give as we interconnect that which every joint supplies. So motion is lotion. Keep moving forward. And we're going to do this every week until God says no. So I'm here today just to convince you that healing is the will of God. Because again, I'm going to say it. If you're not convinced, you don't have confidence. So I want to, to get you to the point of confidence. And so I'm going to start with, uh, I read this years or saw it. Actually, it was a video years ago. And then a really dear friend of mine, Julie Fowler, she and her husband pastor a church in College Station, sent it to me the other day again. And since she sent it to me, I don't know how many times I've watched it. And I'm going to read it to you. And then I'm going to go over it and actually, because it's all word, and I'm going to put the word of God to it. Because why am I here? I want to convince you of the will of God so that you can have confidence. Why is that important? Okay, I'm glad you asked. 
because 1 John 5, 14 and 15, this is the confidence, the assurance, the privilege of boldness, which we have in Jesus. We are sure that if we ask anything, say anything, According to his will, he listens to and hears us. We have confidence that if we ask according to his will, he listens to us and hears us. So, see, if you don't know that healing is 100% the will of God, you won't have confidence. I'm only here to bring you to Jesus. And if we positively know that he listens to us in whatever we ask, we also know with settled, how many of you like to be settled? And absolute knowledge that we have granted us as our present possessions, the request we made of him. So if we're convinced, we have confidence that we are in his will, it's already given to us. Now, the Lord spoke this to me. I think it was 1 Timothy 1.5 this morning, and it is my complete goal. I took the communion over it. The goal of my instruction is love from a pure heart, a good conscience, and a sincere faith. And I looked up that word sincere in the, in the Greek, and oh, wow. And, there's, and I might even be speaking about sincerity because we live in a very insincere culture where people will smile at you and say fluffy things to you. Why? Because they have an agenda, a selfish agenda. But that word, sincere, means unfeigned, unhypocritical, without a personal agenda. And that's my goal. So I'm going to read to you. This is from the Bethel Healing Rooms. And then we're going to go over it and we'll stop when, when the Lord says stop or when my watch runs out. So the good news is healing is not my idea. Healing is God's idea. I'm not trying to convince him. He's trying to convince me. When you're coming for prayer, you're not trying to give God reasons to bless you. He already decided 2,000 years ago to pay for your healing. He said in Isaiah 53, Jesus bore our sickness, he carried our pain, and by his stripes we were healed. Jesus said something interesting. He says, if you see me, you've seen the Father. That means we know what Jesus' will is in every situation by just looking at his life. Here's what we see. He healed every person who came to him without exception. And I want to challenge you to find one. But let me save you some time. You won't. There was never a time when he laid hands on someone and said, it's not my timing. There was never a time when he said, you know what? You're right in the middle of an important lesson. He never said, you need to go fast. You need to go pray. You need to submit to authority. You need to tithe. He never made anybody jump through hoops. He never said, We need to break generational curses over your life. They simply came to him expecting him to help, and he healed them in every situation. Eighteen times in the New Testament, Jesus says your faith has made you whole. They didn't have to do anything to get his attention. They already had his attention because Jesus was moved with compassion. I just encourage you, stay fascinated with Jesus. 
Don't think about whether you have enough faith. Faith does not look at itself. It doesn't look to see if it has enough faith. It doesn't see if there's enough power in the room. Faith looks at Jesus. When we stay fascinated with Jesus, our healing comes. I can attest to you that's true. Our kids, we would reward them for good grades on their report card and give them, give them a certain amount of money. I think sometimes we think that's how we're coming to God. We're showing him our report card. We're giving him reasons why we are worthy of healing. <laughs> you're literally coming before the Father and you're showing him Jesus' report card. And he delights to treat you as if you were Jesus himself. The good news of the gospel is this. You're not getting judged based on your report card. You're showing him Jesus's. And he delights to treat you as if you were him. What a good use of grace means is that Jesus is not dealing you based on your performance. He's dealing with you based on his performance. Again, we're not trying to convince God. He's trying to convince us. What if healing was way easier than you thought? What if it involves less stress, less striving, less trying to pull heaven down? Recognizing God has a big, giant yes over your life. He's already decided to heal you. You know, there's a woman who came up to him. She just touched the edge of his clothes. Jesus didn't have time to look at her, evaluate her life, and see if she was worthy or not. When faith touches Jesus, it's like a pickpocket. It was like a reflexive action. Power left him. And he healed the lady. So what I'm praying for you today is that you would come in with mustard seed faith. It doesn't take a whole lot. And just recognize it is always God's will to heal. God wants you well. Healing is his idea. Let me just, and then he goes on to pray. But he says, you have full permission to get healed right now. I want you to stay fascinated with Jesus. In the Bible, you see that there was multitudes coming to him, and he healed every single one of them. So I want you to imagine yourself in those multitudes. You're coming to Jesus, and three people down, there's somebody born blind, and all of a sudden, their eyes are opened up. And they're rejoicing, and the family recognizes they've got their family member back. And then there was a deaf ears that were open, and the person next to him began speaking for the first time because they were mute. And now here is Jesus. He's coming to you and he's got those eyes of fire and he's looking at you and he's thinking, I've been waiting for this moment. I've been waiting to set you free. That's what's happening when you're praying. You're not coming for prayer. You're coming to Jesus. And we're simply taking you to him. And let this be like an arrow in your heart. And here's the big part. Are you ready for this? God will not withhold healing from you because you're bad. He will not heal you because you're good. He will heal you because of what Jesus did on the cross. As we pray, the Bible says, believe and then receive. Most Christians do it backwards and they don't get their healing. They're waiting to receive and feel better. And then they'll believe Jesus is the healer. And that's backwards. He says, believe he's the healer. Believe he's good. Believe he's already paid for you. And then you will receive. So you may even have this phrase in your heart. This healing belongs to me because of what Jesus did for me. So we're going to look at this line by line. 
and I'm going to give you scriptures that go with it. And like I said, we're going to stop and pray at some point. I don't know what that point is yet. We'll continue next week and maybe the week after and maybe the week after and then maybe the week after because here's why. We have to tear down a lot of false belief. We have to tear down a lot of tradition, a lot of religious tyranny because you see man has edited the book. Even when I was reading this, some of you were thinking, well, what about so-and-so? They didn't get healed. My own sister didn't get healed. I can't stand it when I hear people say, well, they're healed now. No, they're not. You don't need healing in heaven. There's no sickness. The minute you're absent from your body, you're present with the Lord. But she didn't. I, my little sweet Kirsten's in the audience, and her mother was, you know, one of my dearest friends. She's in heaven now. She was too young to go. Tiffany's mama, she went too young. I'd go down the list. People that went before they were satisfied with life. When the Bible says, with long life, I will satisfy you. There are things we don't understand. Some of it we do. I've told you the story. And uh, Cynthia and Pam will remember this of a, a young woman. She was 30 years old, 32 when she passed. And she had cancer. She had rectal cancer, actually. And she had been brutally raped by her father for years. If that tells you anything. And she came in our meetings declaring that she was healed by the stripes of Jesus. And that, that's true. But when she was at the end of her life, and I sought the Lord, I never heard a negative word come out of her mouth. I never heard anything but the word of God come out of her mouth. But I sought the Lord about it because I needed understanding. And you know, we can tell God all we want. I can't take anymore. Well, that doesn't work with God. He says that there'll be no temptation taking you that's not common to man, but he's faithful. And the Greek says to give you a way of escape so that you can bear the temptation. And so I sought the Lord and, and um, I'd say two of the most beautiful women that I've ever seen were in our midst at the time. One had was married to a very famous actor. And the other one was, uh, they were just both gorgeous. And it was interesting because one was about five foot 10 model, long blonde hair, simply gorgeous. And the other one was probably five foot two, petite, long blonde hair, simply gorgeous. And they had befriended her and became her best friends. And at the very end of her life, I remember seeking the Lord and he very clearly spoke to me. Now, it was one of the few times I had understanding and he said to me, she's made friends with the cancer. She doesn't want to die, but she's afraid if she gets healed that the beautiful people will desert her. Because, see, she always believed a lie that she was ugly. Now, the little petite one she had confided in before she passed. So I waited, and much time later, after she was in heaven, I, I went to the the little petite one. I don't know how else to describe it, so I'll just say the tall of the petite. And I went to the petite one, and I said, I just need to ask you a question. I'm not asking you to betray confidence, especially with someone who can't even speak for themselves right now. But I just want to tell you what I believe I heard from the Holy Spirit. And I told her that. And she said, that's exactly right. 
and that she had literally told that to her. So here's what I'm saying to you. There's things we don't understand, and you just have to accept you don't understand. <laughs> There's always a reason. And unless it's you, it's none of your business. And this wasn't my business either, except I pastored her, and, and the Holy Spirit was gracious to me. I mean, that's all I can say. So, the good news is healing is not my idea. It is God's idea. I'm not trying to convince him. He's trying to convince me. Now, let me tell you something. There are 37 recorded miracles in the Bible. But the Apostle John, the beloved of the Lord, who leaned on the breast of Jesus, said the world itself could not contain the volumes written of the miracles that he did. So, the Holy Spirit saw fit, and I'm sure a lot of it is because the apostles recorded this, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, remember them? And I mean, how many could they remember? <laughs> so he picked 37. And of those 37, 27 involve physical, mental, emotional healing, two of which were resurrections from the dead. The son of the widow of Nain and Lazarus. That should tell you something. Many times Christians don't get healed for one reason. They don't believe God is for the body, that Jesus is for the body. He is for our body. We are a three-part being, spirit, soul, body. So if you're sick, one-third of you is in need. If you have mental and emotional struggles, another third of you. So if that's both, that's two-thirds of you. If you've given your heart to Jesus, that third is born again. Praise God. That part's whole. Fixed. Yay. That's why we feed our spirit. I'm not trying to convince him. He's trying to convince me. Exodus 15, 26. If you will diligently hearken to the voice of the Lord your God and do what is right in his sight and listen to and obey his commandments, keep his statutes, I will put none of the diseases upon you which I brought upon the Egyptians, who's the world. For I am the Lord who heals you. That word heal is Rapha. Yahweh Rapha or Yahweh Rapheka. It means healer. The one who repairs. And it also means physician. I am the Lord, your physician. Thank God for doctors, but I'll tell you what, if you are wise, go to the Lord first. Get his direction. What doctor do I go to? Who carries the anointing for this? Do I even go? What treatments do I take? I would not consider going without first seeking the Lord, my healer. And then you pray before you ever go. Lord, I just thank you that this doctor has the wisdom of God, that he speaks the word of God to me. He speaks the truth of God to me. Even if he's not a believer, you know what? The Holy Spirit can cause even unbelievers to speak truth. I don't know if this guy that we saw the other day when I was with my friend, I don't know what he believes. I have no idea. But I know he spoke life to her. I know he spoke hope to her. I saw the joy that came upon her. And he said, you can hold off. I think it was seven, eight years or whatever. And we left and I looked at her and I said, you don't know what's going to be developed in seven or eight years. They might be able to give you a pill that regrows all your cartilage. 
Exodus 23, 25. Now, this is going to excite you. Ready? Okay, listen carefully. You shall serve the Lord your God, and I will bless your bread and water, and I will take sickness, or he will bless your bread and water, because an angel is talking, and then it goes to the Lord. You shall serve the Lord your God. He will bless, I will bless your bread and water, and I will remove sickness from your midst. That Hebrew word remove means. Anybody know what it means? The primitive root of the Hebrew word for remove means to turn off. Have you ever thought of asking the Lord to turn off sickness? Anybody ever heard of the flu? You ever heard of COVID? Somebody texted me yesterday freaking out because her husband had COVID. I was like, so? (laughs) Don't fear. Fear is a magnet. Fear is going to draw to you that which you fear. But do you know, if you've ever taken biology, happen to have a minor in it, there are these things called opportunistic germs that look for an opportunity to take over your cell, and that's what a virus does. It'll take over the cell, and it will begin to replicate but what if we believe God to turn off that mechanism? I will take sickness from your mister. I will remove or I will turn off. Start asking the Lord to turn it off. Is that hard? You ever told your kids, knock it off? Just knock it off, sickness. Hello, love. Hello, peace. Hello, joy. It's a new horizon. It's the dawning of a new day. And so what do you do? I could give you so many scriptures. I mean, we just don't have time to give all of them, but I just gave you a couple of them. And then you bless the Lord. You remember what he promised. Psalm 103, 1 through 5, bless the Lord, O my soul. And forget not one of all of his benefits. Who forgives how many iniquities? All those things passed on from your ancestors. He heals how many of your diseases? All. What is that Hebrew word for heal in that scripture? Rapha. Physician. He redeems your life from the pit and destruction and crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercy. He satisfies your mouth with good. Your youth is renewed like the eagles. God, thank you. My youth is renewed like the eagles. I give God praise for that. I refuse to be old. I refuse to think old. I don't know who I was talking to the other day. And I actually think it was Katie, my daughter. Was it you? And, and you said, they're old people. And I, and I, and I started laughing. <laughs> oh, I know who it was. We were talking about a concert coming to town. And it's two of the guys from my generation. And they're both in their 70s. And she goes, well, they're old, but they give a great show. And I started laughing because they're my age. <laughs> And she said, yeah, but you don't think old. And I won't. Because I will be young until the day I die at a very old age. So we're not trying to convince him. He's trying to convince us. And we remember, we bless the Lord. And we thank you that he, he heals all of our diseases. When you're coming in for prayer, you're not trying to get, give God a reason to bless you. He's already decided 2,000 years ago to pay for your healing. Jesus only did the will of God. If you want to know the will of God, look at Jesus. 
Ephesians 1, 7. In him we have redemption, deliverance, and salvation through his blood, the forgiveness of our sins in accordance with the riches and the generosity of his gracious favor. So 2,000 years ago, he paid for our healing with his precious blood. He said this in Isaiah 53. He was wounded. Well, let's start with verse 4. Surely, that means for sure, he has borne our griefs, sicknesses, weaknesses, distresses, and carried our sorrows and pains. Yet we ignorantly considered him stricken, smitten, and afflicted by God. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our guilt and iniquities. The punishment we needed to obtain peace and well-being fell upon Jesus. And by his wounds, we are healed. Matthew 8, 17, here comes Jesus in the flesh. Fully man and fully God. And he healed everyone. And the Bible says, and thus he fulfilled what I just read from the prophet Isaiah 2,000 years before. He himself took in order to carry away our weaknesses and infirmities, and he bore away our diseases. He bore away our diseases. If he bore it away, why are we carrying it? God wants his people well. How many of you effectively serve God if you're burning in bed with a fever? I want to see your hand. You don't. I mean, you don't. You're wasting away with disease. How do you effectively serve God? You can't. He bore our diseases. 1 Peter 2.24 He personally bore our sins in his own body on the tree that we might die to sin and live to righteousness. Right means I'm right with God. No guilt. By his wounds, you were healed. So the apostle Peter looks back 2,000 years ago when the prophet Isaiah said you are healed and he said you already were because Jesus has already come and he fulfilled it in Matthew 8, 17. I just want to bring you to Jesus because if you're convinced it is God's will for you to be well, you can pray with confidence and you can receive. You can receive. Well, I did that. It just didn't happen right away. But you quit. But you quit. Jesus bore our sickness. He carried our pain. And by his stripes, we were healed. Jesus said something interesting. He says, if you see me, you've seen the Father. That means we know what Jesus' will is in every situation by simply looking at his life. And here's what we see. He healed every person who came to him without exception. Now, I'm going to give you the scriptures, and then I'm going to stop, and we're going to pray. John 14, 8 through 10. But Satan is coming, this is Jesus, and I do as the Father has commanded me, so that the world may know and be convinced that I love the Father, and that I do only what the Father has instructed me to do. Did you hear that? I do only what the Father has instructed me to do. Now, in John 14, 8 through 10, I love Philip because he, he was, I love the way he challenged Jesus. 
Can I tell you something? Jesus is never threatened by our challenges. He comes to Jesus and very proudly says, Jesus, show us the Father, and it's good enough for us. And patiently, Jesus said, Philip, have I been so long with you, and you do not know me? He who has seen me has seen the Father. He who has seen me has seen the Father. If you want to know the heart of the Father, look at Jesus. I grew up believing that the Father was a punisher. Because when I didn't do what was acceptable, I got backhanded. And so I believed that the Father was going to backhand me every time I didn't do something right. And that is a hellish way to live. But then I found out the good news. If you've seen Jesus, the healer, Christ the healer, if you've never read F.F. Bosworth, Christ the healer, you must. If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. 27 miracles of healing and restoration of the 37 miracles. Not one time did he say no. Not one time did he say, I need to check your record. Because I'm pretty sure you had a bad attitude yesterday and you snapped at your husband. Pretty sure I'm going to find something wrong. Pretty sure I detected a spark of jealousy because she looks better than you. Pretty sure of that. He didn't even have time, as I read and will read next time or time after that, when the woman with the issue of blood said, if I can just touch his talit. He didn't have time to check her out. He didn't have time to interview her. Even the man with the issue of, not the issue of blood, uh, that would not be cool. Um, <laughs> at Bethesda. The man at the pool of Bethesda who had been sick 38 years and he was sick because of sin, people. Jesus healed it. He didn't even know who Jesus was. He didn't have time to get his life right. He didn't have time to say 10 Our Fathers and 50 Hail Marys. Didn't have time for that. Jesus said, Arise, take up your bed and walk. And then after he healed him, he said, now go and sin no more. You see, sin was causing him. Or what about the blind man, born from birth? No man had ever been healed that was blind from birth. What about him? And the, and the Pharisees, well, who has sinned, this man or his parents? Jesus said, neither. Different story. It's so that the, the uh, glory of God could be manifest in him. The works of God could be manifest in him. He healed him. And then you know what the religious people did? Because religion will kill you. They got mad. Who does he think he is healing? Was it on the Sabbath? And what did Jesus say? Well, which one of you, if your, your donkey falls into a pit, you rescue him even if it's the Sabbath? Did not know. The blind man said, I don't know who healed me. I just know I once was blind, now I see. And you know what? I'm going to follow the person that did. 
Don't lose hope. Keep, keep motion is lotion. Keep moving forward to Jesus. Propel yourself. He uses this word in here to be fascinated with Jesus. And that word, I'm not a fan of the word fascinated, but it means to be strongly attracted to, to draw irresistibly the attention of someone. I like to say to be enamored with Jesus. Think about Jesus. He is your healing. And if you've given your heart to him, he lives in you. You don't have to look without for your healing. He lives in you. He lives in you. Let me ask you a question. If you've got a pill and the, and the doctor says, you know, you've got a bacterial infection and you need an antibiotic. And so he gives you your z pack or whatever it is they give these days. Thank God I haven't had to take one and I don't remember the last time. And he gives you your z pack and you go, oh, good. These antibiotics are going to kill this bacteria that is making me feel bad. And so I'm just going to set it on the counter and believe I'm well. What do you have to do? You have to take it. You have to get it inside of you. Well, this is the good news. Jesus is already inside of you. Amen. So I'm going to read you a few scriptures. Get this in you. I found 10 times where Jesus healed every single person in the audience. 10 times. All right. Are you ready? Luke 6, 17 through 19, Jesus came down with them, took a stand on a level spot. A great crowd of his disciples, a vast throng of people from all over Judea, Jerusalem, the seacoast, who came to listen to him and to be cured of their diseases, even those who were disturbed and troubled with unclean spirits. So they were mentally ill and their brain chemistry was wacky. But watch what happens. They were being healed too. And all the multitudes were seeking to touch him. For healing power was all the while going forth from him and curing them. And saving them from severe illnesses or calamities. That's Jesus. That's my Savior. Luke 9, 1 and 2, 6 and 11. And Jesus called together the 12. He gave them power and authority over all demons and to cure diseases. And he sent the disciples out to announce and preach the kingdom of God and bring healing. That's why we're here today. And departing, they went about village to village, preaching the gospel and restoring the afflicted to health everywhere. But when the crowds learned of it, they followed Jesus and he welcomed them and he talked to them about the kingdom of God and ready and he healed those who needed restoration to health. Matthew 4, 23 and 24. And he went about all of Galilee, teaching in their synagogues and preaching the good news of the gospel of the kingdom and healing every disease and every weakness and infirmity among the people. And the report of him spread throughout all Syria. And they brought to him all who were sick and those afflicted with various diseases and torments and those under the power of demons and epileptics and paralyzed. And he healed them. This is Jesus who only did the will of the Father who did what the Father ordered him to do. He's not going to backhand you. He doesn't have a red pen to grade you. I watched Delinda's sister. Delinda's not here today. And, and my own sister. What, do, what else do I need to do? What more one thing do I need to do? What do I do? What do I, well, you know what? There's one thing I need to do. Look at Jesus. 
Matthew 8, 16, evening came. They brought to him many who were under the power of demons. He drove out the spirits with the word, and he restored to health all who were sick. Matthew 9, 35, and Jesus went about all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the good news of the gospel of the kingdom and cured all kinds of disease and every weakness and infirmity. I think that includes everything, don't you? Matthew 12, 15, but being aware of this, Jesus went away from there and many people joined and accompanied him and he cured all of them. I'll tell you who I want to accompany, Jesus. Matthew 14, 14, and Jesus went ashore and he saw a great throng of people and he had compassion for them and he cured their sick. Matthew 15, 30 and 31, and a great multitude came to him. They brought the lame, the maimed, the blind, the dumb, and many others. He put them, they put them at Jesus' feet and he cured them. And the crowd was amazed. They saw the dumb speak, the maimed made whole, the lame walking, the blind sing. And they praised and glorified the God of Israel. Healing glorifies him, not disease. Matthew 19, 2. And great throngs accompanied him, and he cured them there. Matthew 21, 14. And the blind and the lame came to him in the porches and courts of the temple, and he cured them. That's Jesus. He healed them all. Has he changed? No. No. Well, how do you know that? Because Hebrews 13, 8 says, Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, forever. Hebrews 1.11 says, you are the same and your years have not come to an end. The book of Malachi, God said, I change not. But we've put him in our box of customs and traditions and time. And yes, he heals in the natural and the supernatural. But I'm going to tell you something. You can take your medicine, but the body still has to heal. You can go have surgery. Praise God for that. But the surgeon can only do so much. Your body has to heal. And no matter what it is, man can assist you. And that's wonderful. Thank the Lord for the people that do. You know, the Hippocratic Oath says, do no harm. They're there to assist us and help us and do no harm. But ultimately, your body has to do what it was designed to do. You can cut yourself and you can put whatever you put on it, hydrogen peroxide or Bactine. Bactine, I don't know if they still make that anymore. I'm thinking of my generation. <laughs> and you can put an antibiotic cream on it, but you know what? Your body still needs to repair. Why? Because God made us to heal. So ultimately, all healing comes from him. And I've already proven to you that it's his will to heal. If you don't believe that, then you might as well just say, God, you, you lied. Because Jesus, you said, I only do the will of the Father. In fact, in the book of Hebrews, he said, behold, I have come to do your will. We'll look at that next time. He only did the will of the Father. The heart of the Father 
is a heart of compassion and wholeness. I remember, I'm so happy to have you here today, Chanel. How many years ago was it when you first came to us and you were terminal with no hope? Over 10 years. And they'd given up on you, hadn't they? A couple of times. <laughs> you know, the young, innocent, gorgeous woman diagnosed with lung cancer, never smoked a day in her life. Never smoked a day in her life. Massive surgery, massive chemo. Went through horrible things. And when she came to us and I met her for the first time, no hope. And I, I still remember you coming up and us praying for you. And then all of a sudden, she would qualify for, it was an experimental therapy, wasn't it, at the time. And you were one of the people that proved the therapy could work. And she's here alive, well, gorgeous, feels great. See, the Lord worked through that. But we brought her to Jesus. We brought her to Jesus. I just want you to come to Jesus. He's a healer. You know, we look to man to heal us, but I'm telling you, all that man can do is bring you to Jesus. So stand up on your feet. I'm going to pray. And then I want those of you who need healing in your body today just to come to the front. I'm going to have my prayer team come up. Now, please. You know, I'm looking at Jovette. She had a really bad diagnosis. And she needed, was it stem cell or bone marrow, or is that the same thing? Bone marrow transplant. And her son gave her his bone marrow. And you know what's really cool now? And I just think this is so spiritual. Guess whose DNA she has now? Her son's. Because she had a transfusion. What if... We believed that every time we took communion, we took the body and blood of Jesus. And he said, take, eat. This is my body. Drink. This is the cup of the new covenant. What if we believed that every time we do that, we get a transplant? I do. I believe it. You ought to be taking communion every day, people. Maybe we'll do that next week. Maybe we'll do it every week. God wants his people well, and I'm not quitting until I see that. So if you need healing, come on up right now. Don't, don't start praying, though, because I'm going to do general prayer. So come on up. We'll do this in order. Come up. And I want lines formed in front of the people that are praying for you. It doesn't matter whose line you get in. The anointing is here. Don't be looking, oh, I want her to pray for me. She has a stronger anointing. No, 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 no. They're just bringing you to Jesus. Get your eyes off of people. Get your eyes off of people. Father, I ask you, Lord, because I am convinced that you are the healer. You are still Jehovah, the great physician. I thank you for that. Jesus, thank you that you're in our midst today. You've proven it over and over. And I thank you, Lord, that every time I pray your kingdom come, we're praying the health of heaven because you went about preaching the kingdom and healing. 
And so today, Lord, as your kingdom comes, we thank you, Father, that his hands are laid on my sisters. The recovery begins. I want you to say, I'm convinced, and so I have confidence. Amen. Amen. All right. Thanks again for joining us. If you enjoyed the podcast, subscribe and share it with a friend. You can hear more messages by visiting chosenessay.com. Be sure to follow us at Chosen Essay on Facebook and Instagram.